I'm Marco Werman in Boston. This is The World. Lawmakers on Capitol Hill held their first hearing today on the Boston Marathon bombings. The House Homeland Security Committee began hearing testimony less than three weeks after the attacks. Former Homeland Security official Julia Kayyem says today's hearings showcased a familiar problem among security agencies. The headline is clearly total lack of knowledge, complete ignorance by the local and state folks about uh, the FBI's concerns, as well as Russia's concerns that were related through the FBI and CIA. I mean, uh, there are entities in place which exist so that that information can be shared. So it seems clear that at least in terms of preventing the attack, there was a communication breakdown. Boston Police Commissioner Ed Davis was among those who testified today before the House committee. He confirmed that he was not briefed about Russia's concerns about one of the alleged bombers ahead of the attacks last month. Later in his testimony, he highlighted other ways to prevent future attacks, such as reaching out to immigrant communities before a crisis happens. We have developed information, not through infiltration, but through appealing to their sense of community and nation. You can't develop a relationship with someone in a crisis. It has to be developed before the crisis. And so there has to be real attention paid to who's in our community and what are we doing to talk to them. We do that through outreach classes, but we're also having great luck with social media recently. Juliet Kayam agrees that creating a new model of community policing that gains the confidence of all citizens, including immigrants, could be a key to preventing another attack. What we know now, after 30 or 40 years of uh, community policing in urban environments, it is that integration, uh, that sense of outreach, is really how uh, you're going to get information from communities. People are going to feel empowered to come forward. Look, we have an issue here, which is there are clearly people within the communities here, neighbors, friends, the mosque, that knew something was up. Now, whether that, that should justify them saying, hey, police, look look into the older brother, you know, we don't know. But that kind of outreach with communities that feel empowered by the police is exactly how, after the race riots in the 60s and 70s, this is how, how urban police departments changed. And so I think it's important people see terrorism is different in many respects, but a lot of the lessons we've learned in the past actually uh, can help us with the kind of outreach that, that Commissioner Davis and others know is true and will eventually work. Do you think there's anything that could have been different uh, in, in Boston? You could imagine a scenario in which uh, community members and friends and neighbors told local police uh, about Snarinev and, and what was going on. And the FBI tells the local police, wait, the, the Russians have talked about him as well. And maybe Eureka, we, we could have stopped this. It's, it's a lot of ifs. I think we need to play them out and figure out, you know, could that have happened? So I think looking at the JTTF and uh, the Joint Terrorism Task Force and sort of figuring out why did that breakdown occur and, and how do we fix it is important simply because we're investing a lot of these if they're not in these if they're not working let's get a system that is going to work and then finally commissioner davis did not say this explicitly because he's a good police chief but there are two models of 
uh, counterterrorism uh, within local and urban police departments. They are uh, the sort of more heavy-handed NYPD approach, which you know we saw play out in the last couple years with this demographics unit where they were looking in and infiltrating mosques. And then what what Commissioner Davis described, which is uh, more integration, that outreach, something that I think is actually representative of the community that we live in here in Massachusetts. Those are two different models. Neither is perfect. Uh, Terrorism is going to happen under both watches. But it was an interesting dynamic about at least, you know, Commissioner Davis putting his vote on the integration side of this is how we're really going to solve this problem. It's not an epidemic, but it is a problem of uh, domestic or homegrown violent extremism. What exactly could friends and neighbors, people at the mosque, what could they have done exactly? See something, say something, starts to get kind of onerous at some point. Yes, I think that's right. And And that would be, you know, if I could guide any review of this, that would be my question is, is really what were the dynamics going on in the mosque and the community that might have at least triggered uh, some concern about potential radicalization? And were there mechanisms by which the mosque or other community members would have felt uh, comfortable going to either the Cambridge police where the mosque is or the Boston police. In Boston, in Massachusetts, there is a mechanism. It's called Bridges. It's a long acronym in which immigrant communities, religious communities in particular, Islamic communities and others uh, meet with local and state uh, law enforcement. And uh, people should feel empowered by that mechanism. And it, it sounds like either there wasn't enough on the brother to get anyone worried or that the community didn't feel confident about the information. And that's, you know, unfortunately, this isn't easy. I mean, I know everyone's saying, well, if only we had done this or that. I mean, this stuff is hard because at some stage, you don't want an East German circa 1980 society. You want people to be able to pray and be together in an open democratic society without everyone pointing fingers at each other. This is just simply not easy. And each time, hopefully, we'll get better from the lessons we'll learn from what happened out of Boston. That was Juliet Kayyem, former counterterrorism official in the Obama administration, now a columnist for the Boston Globe.